Thanks. I hate these things. You got kind of a funny shaped ear, you know. Local priest and a minister were on the side of the road holding up a sign that said, The end is near. Turn around before it's too late. They decided to hold up the sign to each passing car that drove by. And uh, the first driver yelled, leave us alone, you religious nuts, as they just, you know, drove on by. But then a few seconds later, the the minister and the priest heard a splash. And the the minister then turned to the priest and said, you think we should just hold up a sign that says bridge out instead? Uh, Signs can sometimes be confusing, as as you, you see this one. And nowhere really is that more evident than in China. Uh, China wants to very much to be able to do business uh, with the United States, and so they, they want their people to learn the English language. Uh, in the last church I served, we had a young man who, who went to China as a missionary, and um, he taught in one of their colleges, universities, conversational English, and he used the Bible uh, that's, a, that's a ministry that's going on today uh, where uh, we take advantage of, you know, China wanting to learn English, and so they send students over to the Chinese universities and teach conversational English, but they use the scriptures in order to do that, and that's had quite, a, quite an effect uh, in China in regard to Christianity. But anyway, he, he took a bunch of pictures of various signs in China and he came back and he presented, uh, you know, one of his reports to us. And he showed us some of these signs uh, that are evidence that China is still struggling a little bit with the English language. And I, I just have a few here uh, examples to show you. Go ahead and show those. You know, in our world, God has created physical signs uh, to help us better navigate life. You know, for example, when the sky turns rather dark in the middle of the day, you know, if you're going to go out somewhere, you might want to take an umbrella or or a rain jacket or something like that. And of course, the changing temperatures, the, the length of daylight, you know, vegetation, all function as signs that tell us that the season is changing. And so it enables us to kind of adjust, you know, our lives appropriately. And even our bodies, you know, our bodies give us signs when something isn't right. Uh, When we experience pain, we know that that there's something wrong in our body. Well, during the time of the New Testament, God gave the apostles these miraculous powers uh, and through through his spirit that, that functioned also as spiritual signs for the people of that day and time. Uh, It was a sign that the apostles' teaching was from God. Signs are are helpful in in living this life. In fact, Jesus was somewhat critical of the people of his day and time because they didn't recognize some of the very important signs. 
And, and I just wonder that if, if Jesus were here today, what he would say to those who also fail to recognize the signs that he gives us today. In Luke tw- chapter 12, verse 35, Jesus began teaching the people that they needed to always be prepared. They needed to be ready for the day when he would come and the world would end. And the example he gave was, was a, of a master who had to go to a wedding feast out of town and he was going to be gone for a while. Wasn't sure exactly how long he'd be gone. And so he had trusted the care of his, of his servants to a manager. And he then described the faithful and unfaithful manager in verses 41 through 48 of Luke 12. And he said the faithful manager was basically the one who would, who would do what he was supposed to do. He would take care uh, of his servants and feed them at the proper time and so forth while he was gone. The unfaithful manager is the one who figured he was going to be gone for a very long time and so he could just do what he wanted and he wasn't faithful in providing the necessary needs of the servants and treated them very poorly because he just just figured that the, the master would be delayed for a very long time. And so Jesus said the servant who knew what he was supposed to do and did not do it will receive a severe beating. But the one who really didn't know exactly what he was supposed to do and didn't do it would receive a light beating. To whom much was given, he said, much will be required. And then in verses 49 through 53, which we looked at last week, Jesus warned them that, you know, his purpose wasn't to necessarily to bring peace, but it was to bring division. And he said that division would exist in family. So in other words, faithfully serving the master while he's away is not going to be easy. Jesus here is speaking to an audience that's a mixture of disciples and other people that are referred to as the crowd. He says in verse 54, you know, he also said to the crowds. So what he said in Luke 12, 54 through 56 that John David read for us applied not only to the the disciples, but to everyone. And based on Matthew's version, I'm guessing that the crowd includes some Pharisees and some Sadducees. And so this explains what he said in verses 54 through 56. And if you, weren't, if you didn't hear it, I'll, I'll read it for you again. In verse 54, Jesus said, When you see a cloud rising in the west, you say at once, a shower is coming. And so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, well, there's going to be scorching heat. And it happens. So he tells them that they're, you know, you're, you're really good at interpreting these physical signs. But then he asks them a rhetorical question in verse 56. He says, you hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but, and here's the question, why do you not know how to interpret the present time. So Jesus actually was making a statement by that question. They were really good at interpreting earthly signs like, you know, the weather, but not very good at interpreting spiritual signs, particularly the spiritual sign 
that the Son of God was in their midst. You know, many refused to believe that he was from God, even though he was, you know, performing signs. You know, miracles, teaching with authority, driving demons out of people, you know, fulfilling prophecy, healing the lame, giving sight to the blind, explaining that he actually came from God. You know, how many more signs did they need to know who he was? In Luke 4, 4, verse 32 and 36, they acknowledge that his teaching was like no other teaching they'd ever heard. And the pow- his power was like no other power they'd ever seen. And yet many didn't believe. Many didn't understand the signs. They were hypocrites because they claimed to be wise spiritual men who were able to interpret the times, and yet God was in their midst performing miracles. And they refused to interpret his signs as his being from God, as, as, as being the Son of God. And of course, you know, misinterpretation of signs is not unusual. I mean, we all have misinterpreted signs at times. A doctor can misinterpret a patient's signs, a symptoms. Uh, I had a friend uh, a while ago, a number of years ago, who was having some severe hip pain. And so he went to the doctor and, you know, they did x-rays and they diagnosed it and they said he needed a hip replacement. So he had a hip replacement. Well, soon after his hip replacement, his pain returned. And so he went back to the doctor and he said, you know, I I still have this pain. And so they did some more tests and found out it wasn't wasn't his hip, it was his back. The pain was coming from his back. (laughs) So he got a new hip, but he didn't really need one. So, you know, that happens. His pain had been misdiagnosed or misinterpreted. Some signs, however, are more obvious and easier to interpret. You know, when I dislocated my little finger playing softball, it kind of went off this way, you know. I interpreted that to mean there's something wrong with my, with my little finger. You know, something is, is not right. It's either dislocated or broken. Some signs are easy to interpret. The signs that Jesus performed should have been easy to interpret, but they didn't interpret them correctly because they really did not want to. They didn't want to acknowledge the truth about Jesus. The very next verse in verse 57 of of Luke 12 was a similar question, and and he said, and why do you not judge for yourselves what is right? In other words, why, why can't you admit the truth? How good are you That's my question. One of my questions for you today is, how good are you at judging or interpreting spiritual signs? You know, Luke 12, 40 says, you also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So the fact that Jesus hasn't returned yet is actually a spiritual sign for us. Uh, It's a spiritual sign that God is being patient in order to give you a chance to change your life, a chance to repent, a chance to be saved. 2 Peter 3.9 says the Lord isn't slow in fulfilling his promise as some count slowness. He's patient toward you 
not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. There are other signs. Matthew 24, 5 through 8, the apostles asked Jesus, you know, what, what, what's going to be the sign of, of your coming? And Jesus answered, he said, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I'm the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will, will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the signs or the beginning of birth pains. So the signs Jesus described means that you know, there's going to be a lot of trouble in the world. There's going to be a lot of chaos in the world. There's, and, and all you have to do is read the newspaper or watch the news and you'll see there is a lot of chaos going on in our world today. And I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to prepare you. How many of you are ready for Jesus to return today? Do you know how to get ready for his return? You know, in 1 Chronicles 12, Israel was preparing to turn the kingdom over to David after the reign of Saul. And the author was listing each tribe and how many of them were ready to make David king. And in verse 32 of 1 Chronicles 12, it described the tribe of Issachar as, quote, men who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. That's a high compliment. Do you know what you ought to do? Jesus isn't going to give you a heads up you know, before he returns. He's not going to message you on Facebook or send you a text that says, see you tomorrow. He's not, he's not going to do that. In 1 Thessalonians 5, Paul indicated that Jesus will come like a thief in the night. In other words, it, it's, it's going to be so unexpected, it will shock you. And if you're not ready, your opportunity to be, to repent will immediately be gone. Hebrews 9.28, Christ having been offered once to bear the sins of many will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. So when Jesus comes back, it's not to bring forgiveness to those who haven't been forgiven. It will be to save those who have already been forgiven those who understood the signs and responded appropriately. Have you been forgiven? Have you been reconciled to God by expressing your faith in Jesus and, and repenting of your sins and confessing your faith, being baptized? If not, why not? God's patience is going to end. Now, I know it's been going on for a long, long time. And just about every single one of us expects it to go on a long time, even further. But it is going to end at some point. And we just don't know when that point is. But there are signs. So if you believe in Jesus and have not repented of your sins and been baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, why do you not know how to interpret the present time? For those of you who have been forgiven, 
and been baptized. Are you ready? You know, do you know what you ought to do? Are, are you living in sin? Are you serving faithfully in his kingdom? Are you doing what Jesus called you to do? Called me to do? Are you utilizing the spiritual gifts he gave to you? If not, why do you not know how to interpret the present sign, present time? Luke twelve forty two. who then is the faithful and wise manager? Whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. So you may be forgiven, but are you faithful? Are you serving? Are you working in the vineyard? Will the master find you working in the vineyard when he comes? Every person needs to interpret the present time correctly. According to Acts 2.17, the Holy Spirit will be poured out in the last days. So you and I are living in the last days. John 6.40, Jesus said, for, for this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. There's going to come a last day on earth for everyone. You know, my father's last day was July 13th, 2004. My mother's last day was May 30th, 2007. Those were their last days on the earth. Every day, including today, hundreds of thousands of people experience their last day on earth. But there's another last day which will involve the last day of the earth when Jesus returns. For those who are alive, that will be their, not only the last day of the earth, but their last day on the earth. You know, there was a series of fictional books uh, and a movie several years ago titled Left Behind. Anybody read any of those books? I think there was a movie. Was there not a movie for there too? Have you seen the movie? I did not see the movie, but I read uh, the, that series of books. And of course, it was about the rapture and what happened to the people who missed it. And if I remember correctly, uh, it's been many years since I read those books, many of the people who were left behind eventually then repented when they figured out what happened, what was going on, and became believers, uh, which is truly fiction. Because we read a few minutes ago that when Jesus returns, it won't be to deal with sin. <laughs> It'll be to take those home who've, who've already dealt with their sin. Uh, back in the 90s, I was uh, preaching in Lancaster, and uh, we had invited some guests for dinner after church that day. And so when church was over, Kim uh, kind of left early to go home and get things ready and prepared and so forth. And I always would stay and greet everybody and t turn out the lights, lock the doors. You know, I was usually the last one out. So, you know, when the last person left and I went around, I looked, turned out, made sure the lights were out and uh, got my briefcase out of my office, locked the door, walked out, locked the church doors, drove home. And when I walked in the door at home, Kim looked at me and said, where are the kids? I said, I'm not, you mean they're not with you? No. So right about then, the phone rang at home, and it was our 
probably, I don't know how old our daughter was at that time. She said, Dad, there's nobody here. All the lights are off. The doors are locked. Where is everybody? So I, uh, I was only a couple, two, three miles away from church, so I drove back up, and, and uh, there they were. I left them behind in the church building. But it was their fault because they went into some classroom and shut the door and turned out the light, and I didn't know it. But they, uh, they did not like that feeling of being left behind. And I don't think you will either. To be left behind when Jesus comes will be your worst nightmare that never ends. And uh, because he uh, won't be coming back to pick you up like I did for my kids. Your last day is coming as is mine, and you just need to realize that you're living in the last days. And the last days remains unknown. It could be tomorrow. So are you a faithful servant? Are you faithfully carrying out the will of your master? You know, the author of Ecclesiastes wrote in 9.12, For man doesn't know the time. Like fish that are taken in an evil net and birds that are caught in a snare, so the children of man are snared in an evil time when it suddenly falls upon them. So you don't know what will happen tomorrow. Tomorrow could be your last day. It could be my last day. If you are ready, that last day is going to be a glorious day. A day that will be unsurpassed by any other day you've ever lived. But only those who correctly interpret the sign of the time, they're the only ones that will have that glorious day. So do you, do you have trouble reading signs? Do you know how to interpret the present sign? The fact that the earth is still here that God's patience continues because he is a patient God and he's giving you time to change if you need to change. Time to get your life right with, with God. He's giving you an opportunity to prepare for that day, that shocking day. He does not want you to be left behind. And you don't want to be left behind either. And if, you, if you've not obeyed the gospel, I, I urge you not to put it off. If you've been unfaithful, I, I urge you to repent and turn back to God. If you've been complacent and uninvolved, repent and get in, involved again. So the Lord, so that you are doing what you are supposed to be doing when he comes back. So today the Lord has given you this opportunity. Just this morning, he's given you this opportunity to change, to make a change if you need to do that. To interpret the signs correctly this, today. The sign that his patience is still in place. And so we'll help you. If you need to change in some way, if you need to obey the gospel, we're here to help you do that. If you just need to repent... If you just need to change what you're doing, change your life and get more involved, please don't put it off. Interpret the signs correctly. His patience is going to end eventually. But for now, it remains. And maybe just for you today. So we encourage you. As we stand and sing this song, we encourage you to make that change if you need to. As we stand